Today on CBA On Demand, we speak with Nick Wilson from the Resiliency Project and talking about the stigma and fear that surround mental health for law enforcement. Nick, thanks so much for being here today. Thank you very much for having me. I'm very grateful to be here. So law enforcement is at the forefront of a national conversation right now. Um, there's so many things that people are talking about, but there's a lot of things that people are not talking about in terms of the, the complexities of this job. And you focus on those areas. Tell us a little about your area of focus. My area of focus is on the mental health of our law enforcement officers. Our nonprofit, which is called the Resiliency Project, aims at providing peer support and provides funding for psychological services and or treatment and recovery services in an effort to provide an external platform for officers who are too afraid to go to their agencies and feel safe coming forward and asking for help before the officer is in crisis and so that we can ultimately prevent suicide. Suicide. I mean, it's just a chilling word. Any of us who have worked in this field have known somebody on our departments who have come to that point where they felt that there was no other option. It's hard to talk about. You know, how do you, how do you make that something that people become comfortable with? Talking about mental health is not a comfortable topic. It is not a, uh, historically has not been, it's almost been taboo because of the stigma that exists in the law enforcement community, which I believe cripples the mental health of our law enforcement officers. And so what we're trying to do is create a community of understanding amongst uh, the law enforcement community where talking about mental health issues is okay, it's acceptable. And we really would like that conversation to start taking place at the academy level, because at the academy level, they are indoctrinated to have that tough and stoic mindset, which is necessary but sometimes we forget that mental health is absolutely pivotal and paramount to the overall success of their careers. And you don't speak about this just coming from an outsider's perspective. I mean, I don't want to get too into your personal story, whatever that you're comfortable sharing with the audience, but I mean, this is a passion for you because of what you've experienced professionally in law enforcement and personally. Can you tell us where your passion comes from for this project? I was a police officer. Uh, for 13 years. It was a profession that I absolutely loved. I wanted to be a police officer since I was a kid. I was a cadet at 15 years old. And I was very, very blessed in that I was able to do all the things that I really wanted to do as a police officer. And I worked with really awesome people. But during the course of my career, and I medically retired uh, due to injuries to my back and my arm, but due to cumulative stress and trauma, that I incurred, and because of the stigma and being so afraid of what others might think. Over the course of uh, several years and several surgeries that I had, I became chemically dependent through maladaptive coping on those uh, medications. It got so bad that in 2016, I was uh, drinking to sleep, and I got into my car, went to... Uh, get a new phone, I crashed my car, and I totaled my car after crashing into a fence. And it was single-handedly the most devastating thing that I have uh, ever done, and I felt extremely ashamed of myself. 
And it was because of my inability to get help that it got so bad that I lost control of my life when I thought that I really had myself under control. And as a result, my little wife uh, left, um, and we have a, a son who's the light of my life. And after the DUI, I went into treatment, and I was there, and 45% of the people I was there with were law enforcement officers, and I was surprised. I was in shock that I wasn't alone. And I wanted to start a nonprofit that helped first responders so that they never had to experience the kind of pain and loss that I did after not doing the right thing and getting help. So on your, on your social media pages, I've been a follower for a uh, while. Uh, you yeah. recently posted the story of Lewis. Yeah. And just like you just told us your story now, he was just super honest. Yeah. I mean, refreshingly, brutally honest about what he went through. And, you know, even just having been in law enforcement, there's so many things he spoke to that just resonate, even just with me, you know, and, and I don't I don't tend to think I hold that much trauma. But, you know, maybe we all do just having done this job long enough. What is it about people being able to tell their stories that helps break down that stigma? When a police officer shares their story, it allows the next police officer or deputy, anyone in law enforcement to know that the reactions to abnormal events that they were experiencing are normal. They're not abnormal, okay? We're human beings, right? Right. We all bleed the same. We all feel. We all go through life experiencing things. And when trauma enters our life, we have to be able to, to have a community of understanding, knowing that it's okay to not be okay. And there's nothing wrong with you if trauma has affected your life adversely. And when a police officer like Lewis, who retired as a major and went through his whole career experiencing the impacts of trauma, we saw in his incredibly beautiful story that I am so proud that he told that there is hope and there is a way out and that you're not alone. At one extreme, he talks about being, you know, drunk with yeah. a gun to his head, you know, but even though there's a lot of people, thank God, that maybe haven't gotten to that point, he also talks about putting the job first all the time, every right. time, walking out on kids' birthday parties, walking out on Easter egg hunts. And I think that maybe on that, if we're looking at it almost as a timeline or a progression, if you will, that's kind of where I think you're talking about interceding before it gets to the crisis level. Unfortunately, when we make the job our identity, when we make the profession the end-all and be-all, we lose more than we ever have to. When we can't find that balance, when we can't prioritize our family, at times I didn't. Right. The job came first. And look at what I lost. Look at how much time Lewis lost. And it's not just about getting to the point where we are holding a gun to our head, as he shared, it is about having a happy, balanced life with purpose and fulfillment. And we don't see that very often yeah. in law enforcement, especially what's going on in today's society. And so this has to become, in my opinion, part of the conversation. Wellness strategies and promoting resilience 
and making it okay to talk about these things without having to worry about going to a fitness for duty right. is important. You know, how, how do we balance that right now? We need leadership in the country to not be afraid to identify this problem and call it for what it is and start displaying leadership that promotes a new approach to the culture. We need policies that point towards creating that kind of culture. People want to defund the police. And we're now seeing agencies being defunded. We're seeing LAPD being defunded. NYPD just got rid of their anti-crime unit, and they're being uh, slashed by, I believe it's uh, a billion in their budget. And what people don't realize is that you're taking away the tools necessary to be professional law enforcement agencies with professional law enforcement officers. And so by defunding them, we're not just hitting them with not having equipment or the right personnel. We're, we're even further away from the mental health conversation. Yeah. How do we create peer support units? How do we get the right first responder clinician that's culturally competent in treating their first responders. I think a lot of times we don't realize how many officers we lose unnecessarily. And unfortunately, I believe it's an injustice. We should be helping them. We should be doing more. We should not be abandoning our law enforcement officers. I think I see it in a, in a unique way also, especially when you talk about you know, this, the notion of defunding police and what we're seeing cut first are these specialized units, crimes against children's units, human trafficking units, sex crime units, community policing units. When I think of my experiences on cases like that, that's exactly where wellness needs to be, right? These are horrific cases. They, they cut to the core of who you are as a person, as a mother, as a parent. And I mean, not just about the officer. This is where we're connected with the community because the victims, the families, the parents of these children, you know, the loved ones who have been victimized, this is where I see a unique opportunity to come together. Even though you're advocating for more services for officers and people are advocating for less services, I see common ground in this area of wellness. Imagine the feeling of hopelessness and helplessness that they feel, which is a contributing factor to post-traumatic stress. Imagine working in an assignment like that for years and seeing the heinous, absolutely morally repugnant things that people do to each other in our society and bringing that home every single day. Not to get too graphic, but I think there is just a lack of understanding for what police see every day. I mean, abnormal seems like a euphemism. I mean, we're talking about some of the most violent, sad, you know, we're talking about babies not breathing. We're talking about videotapes of children being sexually molested. I mean, just traffic accidents and limbs and things that happen over and over again that we just catalog into our memories. And so how does that reality for officers be something that other people can understand or, or try to sympathize with? What the community doesn't understand is that on their worst day, when an officer goes on scene and is helping them on their worst day, Officers are experiencing that on a daily basis. They are seeing the death and destruction, and they bring that home with them. And how could it not affect them? How could seeing the worst of society not affect a human being? And how does that affect 
their relationship with their own children and their own families. That's why we see the divorce rate. And of course, they don't feel comfortable getting help. So if there's someone in law enforcement that's watching right now that needs help, whether, you know, whether they're on the far end of the spectrum where it's really crisis or they're just recognizing what you're saying more about wellness, what, what should they do? I would say to the police officers out there that are affected by trauma, coming forward and asking for help is a sign of strength. It is not a sign of weakness. There's nothing wrong with feeling completely devastated and or affected by the unbelievably traumatic things that officers have to see on a daily basis. But we can't be victims ourselves. We have to have the capacity to understand that we're going through something and then to take action steps to change it. We can't afford to do nothing anymore. I'm not saying that we should be soft in terms of being an effective warrior on the street. I'm saying that being an effective warrior also means paying attention to your mental health and to have the kind of clarity needed in order to be able to get through a critical incident and make the right decisions under the most insurmountable stress. If you really want to do more to change the culture, then let's support our partners more. Let's not alienate those who are being affected by trauma. Let's start talking about it. I never thought that I would be talking about these things in my life. But after losing as much as I did, and after experiencing the loss I did, it's become my passion. Let's start changing the ball game in law enforcement, and let's start keeping our officers alive. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us, for you know giving the encouragement and really trying to shift that, that stigma, change the narrative, and encouraging people to talk about things that are hard to talk about. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Very grateful.